Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the DJ Sessions presents the virtual sessions. I'm your host, Darren. And right now, I'm all here by myself. But you know what? There she is. I'm we're here. with <laughs> Crystal Waters today. Crystal, where are you coming in from? I'm in Washington, D.C. In D.C. Well, I'm over here in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, doing oh. our show called the virtual sessions. And welcome to the virtual sessions today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Well, you know, I got to say, when, when I got the approval and, and if the, the, the email back about you coming on the show, my, my, I, I kind of fluttered a little bit, Aww. you know, because I just remember going way back in the day and, and, and getting into dance music and electronic music and working at a record store and just remembering how important your music was at that time to me. I was, I was a young kid growing up and it was just so awesome. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe Crystal Waters is coming. <laughs> well, so you I'm, know, very- I'm glad to be, I like to, you know, do interviews with people who are in the community, like, you know, the DJs, you know, the clubs, you know, these are the people who are keeping me alive. So I, you know, it's important for me to show up. Well, uh, speaking about keeping you alive, um, let's jump right into something I saw on Instagram the other day. Were you really being, was that being walked on stage or walked off stage? That's, that was part of my show. And for that particular show, we, we didn't have much stage. So I was like, guys, just pick me up and walk me across the stage. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's part of my show. Was that something that's okay. So that's okay. So that wasn't done like right at the last minute or some exit strategy. No, I have, okay. you know, I, I come from the club, so I have a club show and I tell people don't bring your kids cause <laughs> from the club. <laughs> so it's actually, I actually dance and I actually perform. I think people don't know that. I, I don't just stand there and sing. I actually have choreography and things like that. So, yeah. it, it reminded me of this one time. Uh, I was getting, we rented a limousine and we were going to one of my favorite clubs in Seattle called Neighbors, um, very um, prominent um, LGBTQ plus club. And um, I, we had this limousine and we're rolling in on the limousine and I decided to jump out on top of the roof of the limousine and we roll through the alleyway, rolling up to the back door of the club. And I'm laid out like Cleopatra laying on the top of the roof of this limousine as we pull up to the back door of the club. And then I jump off and everyone jumps out of the limo and we walk right into the club. <laughs> just reminded me of that. Like you're just being carried on stage. It was awesome. Give them something to, to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so that's just phenomenal. And the crowd looked amazing. Where was that show at? That was at, in Brooklyn at the Mirage. They have some really fantastic oh. shows. The sound system. Oh. It was Green Green Velvet put on a party that afternoon. Oh. Yeah, oh my gosh, great. that is okay. I cannot stop talking about the Brooklyn Mirage. <laughs> I, I went there last year. I went to New York for my first time um, mm. last year as an adult. And <laughs> and we were seeing one of our resident DJs, Lucy Tudor, open up for Lane 8 and La Youth at mm. the Brooklyn Mirage. I did not know what to expect walking into that club. And mm-hmm. it was, I cannot stop talking about it enough. It is it has not ruined my nightclub experience, but now I notice <laughs> small clubs, big clubs, and then there's Brooklyn Mirage type yeah, club. Yeah, open air, and they just yeah. remodeled it too, so it is really nice. It was amazing, and so, um, but I always have the story of what I tell people is when I got up to one of the top of the, I, I call it a castle, 
<laughs> you kind of like go to these different levels and you're like looking around and you're in the middle of Brooklyn. Wow. I had never seen the Manhattan skyline before. Oh, and wow. I got up to one of his topmost points there and I had my drink in my hand and I'm looking out at the end. I, I'm, I'm thinking, is this maybe the south end of Manhattan Island? I'm seeing, you know, the, the, the lights from the, the towers, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the island. I'm looking at the end of the island. I'm thinking, oh, I must be looking at the island like like I'm looking at the island like this. I had no idea. Yeah, I was like, the went like that. And I went like this with my drink in my hand. I went, <laughs> Whoa! I had, I mean, I had never seen the Manhattan skyline before. It's beautiful. You actually seen almost the whole island from yeah, South New York. yeah. It, it blew me away, and that has been one of my top favorite places. I will go. I will love to go see shows there frequently mm-hmm. um, when I get a chance to make it to New York. But yeah, that club. I like I said, I can't stop talking. I, I almost fanboy about that club more than <laughs> the nightclub in the world. And now I don't even. I still go nightclub into my own city, but I'm kind of like y'all gotta go to the Brooklyn Mirage. You gotta see the Brooklyn. Gotta Mirage. go next time you go. Go to the House of Yes. Yeah, House it's, of Yes. Yeah, it's smaller, but it's you. You'll get into, You'll be entertained. Just say that. Yeah, <laughs> they have uh, stuff coming from the sky and everything. So yeah, you'll be good. Is is was that one of a video from your current tour? Because I know you're on tour right now. Yeah, that's the yeah. Brooklyn was this uh, June. We just did that in June, and then I've been overseas with the girls. You saw Robin and Cece, and some of that was in the UK. Some of it was in uh, Denmark. So, yeah, and in Florida. So, if, yeah, me hanging out with my dancers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, it's, and been, you, it's, been a fun, it's been a fun summer. And have you been getting a chance to perform your latest single, Love Up One Another, uh, that you did in collab with Soul Central? Yeah, no, I haven't put that in the show yet, but I, I do do party people. The one me and Spin did last year. Um, I haven't haven't gotten the words down to that one yet. <laughs> Love one another, but I, I probably by the fall I'll, I'll put it in the show. And if you could describe your music in three words, what would you call it? In three words, what would I call my music? Um, I like to think it's inspirational. Um, I like to uplift uh, and, and, and and encourage everyone to join in. It's for everyone. Mm-hmm. Off so, the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> that works. And have you ever visited a, a faraway country where you were actually surprised people knew all of your music? Yeah, I think one of the ones, um, Tbilisi, Georgia. Georgia is a country. If you don't know where it is, (laughs) I have to pull out the map sometimes when I get on these flights. And this happened to be maybe two years ago, 2020, actually. Well, no, last year we went. And, you know, you travel 14 hours, beautiful city. And I got on stage and the roar from the crowd, you would have thought, you know, Beyonce walked on stage. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, me? (laughs) So, you know, stuff like that. And they knew they, they're really in the house. They knew all the songs. They, they appreciated, you know, house music and where it came from. You know, we went to a couple other clubs. Alternate was there the same weekend. So yeah, stuff like that. You, you, you sit here, I sit here in DC and you never know who's listening, you know? And how has your experience been seeing the rise of the U.S. electronic music market? And is it different than that in Europe? And, and which scene do you find more appealing? 
Um, you say it's a rise. I say it's, it's a transition. <laughs> you know, the house started here and then it kind of, it moved. Thank God it moved to Europe because they kept it alive when it kind of died here in America. It only died on the radio. You know, we all went back underground. And they actually took it and made it into something. They actually imitated us so well that now you can't even tell the difference. <laughs> but they also took it and took it into new directions and everything. And uh, what, what I appreciate about it over there is that, you know, it's mainstream, it's pop. Um, so, I, you know, I like it because when we started, you know, they told us we weren't doing real music. It would never last. It was a fad. And, you know, to see it still alive and still thriving and going strong to be a part of that history, um, I think it's, it's a wonderful outcome. You know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because in 1992, um, I was really heavily into to hip hop, to rap music. You mm -hmm. know, that was really what was coming out and at that time. And, you know, when I worked at a music store at 18 years old, there was a small little electronic section. You know, I mean, I think that's what it's labeled. It was labeled electronic and, you know, there was CDs and tapes. We didn't have, we didn't have records. I say record store, but that's my old school of me going back into things. But, mm -hmm. you know, you had to go to the record stores to get actual vinyl, but, um, you know, electronic music, there was techno and there was house, mm -hmm. you know, it really wasn't mainstream. And, and I started going to underground clubs literally a club called the underground in 1992. <laughs> and that's what was my first experience of kind of seeing the candy culture, the, the culture in the sense of things of getting dressed up and having this electronic music being played all night long till two, four in the morning, started going to the raves and, mm -hmm. and staying out, you know, later and, and seeing that all rise up. And so my friends, they knew it when I, my hometown, they knew me as kind of the, the hip hop driving a Cadillac around kind of guy, <laughs> but my city friends, when we went to the city to go dance in Seattle, you know, we were going out to the clubs and, and listening to this underground, you know, techno house. Um, and then eventually moved into trance. Like you said, became a little bit bigger and mainstream, but for you, do you prefer more intimate clubs or do you prefer the bigger festivals? I like, I like both. I, I love, I love the people who really love the music, and that's usually a smaller club um, who know who are more educated about where house came from. And like you know, when, when house started, there was no VIPs. There was no. It was you just came to dance, you know, and to sweat. And so I mean, I, I love the smaller clubs for that. But I, you know, you gotta love a large crowd and people just cheering and put their fists up, and you know, to see how far it's come and just everybody enjoying it. So I, I like both, really. Do you become a different person when you get on stage? And are you a different person when you're off stage? <laughs> I say there's a button on my back <laughs> that sometimes you have to push it. Sometimes you're just really exhausted. Some of those flights and traveling, like when you're on tour constantly, sometimes I call it, I get people out because you get kind of drained. You want to meet everybody. You want to talk to everybody. So sometimes by the time you get to the stage, you're a little tired. But um, let me tell you, after sitting home for two years, <laughs> I'm very happy to be on stage. I think um, I'm a bit quieter at home. I'm more, I'm not really um, extrovert. Only when, you know, when I'm working, I know I have to be. So you might, some people might look at me and say, what's she going to do on stage? She's not even talk. <laughs> But um, so, yeah, some people might see that I'm very quiet, very um, private person. And then when I get on stage, I'm another person. 
What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you on stage? Um, I guess a little stuff like falling, but it happens. <laughs> Mike not working. The worst is they have a bad sound system or a sound guy who doesn't know what he's doing. And you still have to smile through it because no one wants to see you cuss out the sound. You know, sometimes you got to stop the show and say, wait a minute. Da, 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 da. But no one wants to see you cuss out the sound guy. You know what I mean? So so that's the worst, worst experience when you just have a bad, bad sound system. What's the nicest thing that a fan has ever made for you? Made for me? Ooh. I have pictures people have made. Um... I had someone make me, I think I, is it here? No, it's downstairs. He made a vinyl. He had a 12 inch vinyl and put my picture on it and painted my picture on it. So I think that was really cool. Like that spoke a lot to me. And you, you played um, literally countless large scale events. We all kind of know what happens on stage. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some insight on what happens <laughs> backstage? What happens on the road stays on the road. That's our motto. <laughs> I will not tell the family secrets, <laughs> but it can get it can get wild, you know. Especially in the early early days when I was young, it was it was all game. It was <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay, and now you also do a podcast series that you've started called "I Am House." Mm -hmm. What made you want to start a podcast series? I wanted to start it because I, I was actually looking for podcasts um, to listen to that played vocal house. Um, Sirius XM was only, it was the BPM station. It was only playing EDM and maybe you'll get some on Utopia. So I wanted to hear some vocal house. And I, I actually started one years ago, like 2008, 2009 called Clubhouse Radio. But now technology has changed and I, I really wanted to do something to focus on vocal house, the kind of house I wanted to hear with bass lines um, soulful. And I wanted to make sure the, especially the singers, especially the female singers get, get notified. You know, you, you only hear the DJ name. So I wanted to give some background to who was on the song, who was singing it. And I, you know, I plan on to give more history about the culture, where it came from and things like that. So that was really why I started it. And glad I did. Cause it kind of flourished. Was, I think I wasn't the only one wanting to hear it. <laughs> so that's why I started that. And that has also now grown into, you're looking at doing I Am House TV. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So I started with the record later, I Am House Records. Same reason why I did the podcast, because I wanted, I wanted to give young people a chance. They all can't get to the conferences. I know a lot more people than they know. So I started the label. Then we started the, um, the uh, podcast. And I always, you know, my thing is I wanted somewhere to, release my music somewhere to play it, my own radio station. Now I want somewhere I can, <laughs> it can be shown. So the I Am House TV, which I'm very excited about. I'm still, still in the beginning stages. We're developing the website now, but it's going to be all about house and dance culture, house music, dancers, um, interviews, videos, um, documentaries. There's lots of documentaries and interviews. And um, I wanted to, because there, there's this thing with the EDM, taking over a house and a lot of the kids now don't know the history of it, where it came from. You know, I saw Todd Terry saying this girl came up to him and said, when are you going to play some houses? 
He was like, I ain't playing. I swear he said, no, Swedish House Mafia. He was like, oh, that's not. <laughs> so I wanted to, you know, make sure the education was there so they can see where it comes from, be knowledgeable, especially if you're going to be a DJ. I think it's valuable to know, you know, what, what's happening, where it came from. I'm going to have EDM stuff on it, too. But I want to right now I'm building from the past and I'm building up to the present. Um, I'm even going back to like I got clips from Soul Train. I got <laughs> I got the grind. Do you remember the grind? Performance? I remember the grind. Oh, the grind. Um, even American Bandstand. I got Sylvester on American Bandstand. So it's wow. it's a lot of little interesting things that we even I forgot about. I was like, oh wow, Sylvester, Martha Wash, the two on each side, you know, dancing with him. So it's really it's, it's going to be all that twenty four seven, and I can't wait to launch it. So. You know, what's so amazing about that is I keep going back to, to 1992 because that was a real pivotal year for me because I had graduated high school and I came right out of high school and started working on a hip hop public access television show. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way we could actually get video out to the masses um, mm-hmm. unless we went and bought broadcast airtime. And mm-hmm. at that time, getting a broadcast beta camp or meeting the FCC requirements to put something on broadcast television, it wasn't as easy. It wasn't almost till eight years later till they till till I think Canon came out with a camera that was broadcast capable or at least met the FCC guidelines, which mm-hmm. then opened the doors for producers like myself to now take our shows and instead of being on public access, move them over to broadcast television. Setting the way forward clock five years later. And this thing called YouTube comes out Mm. and, you know, (laughs) we kind of passed on the YouTube because I always tell this story. We passed on YouTube because we saw people just talking to their cameras and we were a broadcast television show. We weren't people talking to our cameras, so it didn't make sense for us. But later that year, podcasting came out Mm. and podcasting is still a very underrated distribution platform. A lot of audio podcasts, but you're able to do video podcasts as well. And then morphing into live streaming, like and what we're doing right now, live interviews and pushing mm-hmm. this out on in the social media and having this all work. It's so awesome how now one can take an idea and literally get it out there and get it distributed and get it in front of a, an audience, a target audience, and tell their story. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't easy back in the 90s to do something like this. No, even it's 10 years ago, 2000, 2010. <laughs> it wasn't exactly, it wasn't that easy. But I mean, the only outlet that somebody like you might have had back then was MTV. I think they had the box. If you remember the box. Yeah. <laughs> like, and New York had one. I can't think. I want to say it was Music Box, but I've, I've been looking for that one because I want to see. I want to see some of that old stuff. I think it was like the alternative. If you if the town didn't want MTV in their town, they mm-hmm. got the box. Yeah. And and that was how it kind of worked. But um, you know, we were getting video submissions with a show that I worked on called the Cool Out Network. And it was a hip hop R and B show, and even that show eventually morphed into started doing Cool Out Two GX in two thousand, and started mm-hmm. doing a little bit more electronic music events. Um, Giorgio, the producer I worked with very closely at the time, kind of shifted his audience over to that, and his hip hop audience were like, "What are you doing here? <laughs> You're supposed <laughs> to be a hip hop show." But mm-hmm. even just seeing that trend change and how it's grown um, has been awesome from a, from a music standpoint, but also from a distribution standpoint. So congratulations on that channel. I look forward to checking that out when Mm. it comes in addition to the podcast and the TV show that you're doing or TV station or 
outlet. I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> but I know I go to TV and I think broadcast television, but, mm. you know, internet distribution. You have I Am House label. And mm-hmm. was your latest release, Love One Another, was so central? Was that released on that label? That's released on Quantage Records, which Quantage is DJ Records. Spin. Okay. Well, me and Spin and I are working very close together. We both, we, he lives 15 minutes down the street from me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's close together. <laughs> yeah, so we're kind of pooling all our energies, all our, you know, resources. And uh, that song was, it wasn't Spin, that was so central, but he, you know, it was a track that he got. And he was like, Crystal, you have to be on this. This track is hot. And he just begged me for about a year. Because <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't planning on doing any new disco, but I did it. And the next release that's on my label um, will be on my label with me, my own release. And then we have, I have two more songs with Spin and the next one will be on him. Then it'll be back on me. And our plan is to come up with an album at some point. So it's, um, it'll be my first release. The next release I have will be my first release on my label. So I wanted to get, I wanted to get, you know, you know, how it all works, you know, who I need to talk to and everything together first. So now I'm ready to release my first release on my label. And, you know, you've, you've been doing this for, for quite some time. Do you make music with the intention of making a popular record or popular track? Or do you just make music solely to, to satisfy yourself? And success is kind of a nice side effect. Um, I do it to satisfy myself. And trust me, there's a lot that other people don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do it for myself. But I also have in mind, you know, the crowd the people I'm talking to um like sometimes I sometimes I do get a little preachy and I have to pull myself back I mean I, I go through phases where like love on another is something I wanted everybody to uplift um the, I had a song before that called heavy talking about all these heavy things that are going on so it's it, it it's it depends on my mood and what I want to do but I do want um I do think about people singing along and things like that I do want um I, I do want people to engage in the song too. So yeah, that is on my mind. What's the most important thing rep- record labels should do for their artists? And are they doing a good job with that? Independent labels? Independent labels, or, or I guess, I think the, you independent know, people, or majors, either <laughs> one. <laughs> well, majors have the money, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think for my label, what I like, though, I like actually working one-on-one with the artists and give them the tips and things that I know, things that aren't monetary, I think are very important and an encouragement. You know, if I say I don't like this song, I'm, I'm going to tell you why and how you can improve it and just not just throw it back at you and say, <laughs> it sucks. Um, I think encouragement for artists um, and explanations are very important because it's a, it's a very doggy dog world because, you know, people just, oh, I don't like it and you kind of take it personally. So it's that little nuances, stuff like that, I think are very important. And one of the biggest things, or, or it's been kind of a buzzword out there, three little letters. And I was on your link tree and I saw that you had something listed. So I wanted to bring this up. <laughs> NFTs. Yes. What is your take on <laughs> NFTs and how do you think it's going to, benefit the industry as a whole? I mean, it's so new from what I've been telling. I I see it as another stream of income, first of all. Um, I think it's in its infancy. Um, I'm just understanding it myself, but I think it's a new stream of income. 
it's still forming. I don't know if everybody knows what it is, but um, I, if you want me to explain some of it or not. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm always down to learn new stuff because I'm like that much knowledge into this. I know yeah. it's for non-fungible token. Please don't murder but, me out there. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. So you have um, to think you have to think of it as baseball cards, training baseball cards. So one card I'll put on a new release, some some exclusive photos, some background stuff, 10 things. You know, five different cards, I have five different things. So you can buy one. There's only a limited amount of them, say there's only 25 and there's five of them you can buy it and they they run out after you buy them. So you have them so now you can sell them again. So now they're worth more. So every time you sell them, they're so limited that they can make more money, more money, and more money. So it's like trading cards, but you you create whatever you want to put in each card. And they're really cool because they're digital. They're open up and they have stuff. And you know, <laughs> I saw the I saw the site. It was called um, Record Shop. Yes, Record Shop. Yeah, I saw that. That that was a very interesting concept. I hadn't seen that particular concept. And we're looking on how we can enter the NFT market with the DJ sessions because the assets that we provide or what we're providing mm -hmm. is we do interviews just like what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's very, it's going to be very interesting if we ever try to do it with an, like an exclusive mix because we necessarily don't own the rights to the it's, song. It's wild, wild west right now. You I, can know do it it <laughs> I know you it is. You got to do it now before they start. But, <laughs> but I don't want to get that cease and desist or, hey, look what well, you're doing. Or I asked the same question because the basketball players do it. So they'll send a, a, a card, say it's a baseball card, and they'll have somebody dunking, which is on CBS, which is okay. on a network. I'm like, how did you get the right from CBS and da da da? So it can be done. Now, I don't know the ins and outs, but you're taking clips from, you know, basketball games, football games. Somebody made a touchdown. You know, they'll put that on a card and sell it. So don't. Yeah, don't we're trying to figure out how we're trying to figure out how we get our full video interviews and then make them collectible items that the fans can then buy. And then what we'd like to do is we'd like to attach like we would attach your wallet to our NFT. So that way when yeah so when Pumping it goes out there and like, <laughs> yeah so i mean we're, we're 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 just researching that because you know mm -hmm. making a video file which could be for us maybe a gigabyte in size is a lot different than a png or a, a jpeg picture that's mm -hmm. like that's maybe a megabyte or less in size mm -hmm. um making sure we can do all that but we're super excited to see where that goes you know obviously the other side of the coin that people come in and say is that you know, the resources that it takes to make an NFT, the ecological, you know, blowback that you can get that I've heard that other side of the fence that it's, you know, because it's crypto and it's so resource intensive. But then you have to learn how to compare that against what are you comparing that against? Yeah, you know, it's, it's um, really, really energy consumption and all that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're super excited to see where that goes. I'm talking with one of my developers to put that in place and, and make that go. Um so here's a question. When you're not entertaining others, what do you do to entertain yourself? <laughs> when I'm not, you know, I, I people always say, did, did you go on vacation? I was like, what is vacation? <laughs> I'm always on the road. I mean, it's fun. So I'm like, you know, what's better than to do it then? Um, to entertain myself. I, I love, um, mm. <laughs> 
I just I just like sitting with my friends. I don't do anything, you know, I don't go skydiving or anything like that. <laughs> but um I just I, I do I'm a I'm a meditator. I'm a person that, you know, does a lot of spiritual work. Um I like to go to conferences like that. Um now now they're all online, so I don't have to go anywhere. But um yeah, I just like sitting with my friends and hanging out really. Awesome. If someone wrote a biography about you, what do you think the title should be? <laughs> what happens on the road stays on the road. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Something like that, well, that happened. <laughs> if, yeah. if, if Hollywood were to make a movie about your life, who would you pick as the main actress? Oh, somebody like Holly Berry, somebody, you know, <laughs> somebody over the top. And and if we were to visit D.C., what would be the best thing we should do when we visit your city? And I've been to D.C. before, and I'll tell you, the pictures and video do not do that town it justice at all. The size and the buildings and everything that's there, it was like, I thought I was like kind of in Rome. Like, like it was just like, wow, I didn't know that building was that big, yeah. you know? Uh, what's the best thing we should do when we visit DC? Oh, there's so many things. Um, Cause I keep telling them I haven't been out in two years. So I keep saying, well, next I'm gonna get a place and just do everything I haven't done. You gotta, you gotta go to anything on the water, Georgetown, the wharf, you gotta, um, the museums, of course, you gotta go to the castle. It's called the castle and it has a garden in there. Um, you know, they have the art house here as well. Are you familiar with the art house? It's an interactive art museum, which I love. And you gotta get crabs. You gotta get some blue crabs. Okay. Go to hot and juicy, go to, <laughs> you just gotta get some blue crabs. It's a really take, you know, it's a really pretty city, especially in, in the spring when the cherry blossoms are out. And um, it's an outdoor city, so you can, lots of parks and lots of stuff like that. And if you could give one piece of advice to an up and coming artist, what would that be? One piece of advice. Um, I would say if you if you really want to get out there, be big in this world, you gotta believe in yourself because they're gonna knock you down. <laughs> you gotta keep getting up. You gotta believe. Um, you gotta learn how to take constructive criticism. And my biggest thing is you gotta have an attorney. Don't try <laughs> to do it yourself. The laws change so quickly, especially in this electronic world. Um, and getting paid. I see a lot of people doing records and not putting their names in the title. That's one of my things about dance music when it's just a DJ. And that's the paycheck you're missing. Just little things. Um, um, the difference between having and in your title and featured in your title, that's another monetary disaster. It could be. <laughs> but it also places your Spotify, where, you, where that song places on your Spotify page. Um, so I, I, you know, it's hard to go from that brain of, you know, the thinking and to the creative. So it's always good to give it to somebody you trust, not all of it. Cause you know, a lot of untrustworthy people out there, but you gotta have somebody in your corner who knows, but don't overthink it. Cause I see a lot of people also shoot themselves in the foot because they both tried to overthink the business part of it. You're going to make some mistakes, but, um, yeah, you got to learn the little things. 
Yeah, definitely. It's it's been a ride trying trying to create like an online live streaming brand from the ground up, and we're still very independent. As mm -hmm. it, we may look like we're huge and big, and we are <laughs> huge and big, but we're still yeah. kind of one of those little guys. But we have a plan, and we're rolling stuff out. Um, we're always coming up with something new and bringing on new technology within mm -hmm. the show, and, and always looking to work with younger independent artists and share. Even I'm not in the music business per se, although we are starting a label next year, mm. <laughs> which is going to be very interesting. Um, but, you know, always trying to make sure if it is a, a producer, a podcaster, somebody looking to get into the business of online distribution in that mm. medium, I always have a rule that I will share. It, it is now 97% of my information. It used to be 98% of my information. Mm -hmm. um, until until 2020, um, when I started finding everyone was trying to use my information and go become my competitor. Uh, <laughs> like, it happens. I'm going to take a percentage away out of that equation. <laughs> but still, I'm always down to help out um, independent artists or businesses or point them in a right direction of where they might be able to go to find out the right information because it's all out there. But you know, you just want to make sure you're right. You don't overthink it. And you want to make sure you're doing thing everything on paper. I literally just sent out all of my DJs their new resident contracts <laughs> yesterday, and some of them look at it and they're like, "Okay, this is like 14 pages long." And I'm like, "Yes, welcome to show business, uh, you know." And please take it to your attorney if you have one. But it, it, it's pretty pretty basic stuff. It's pretty standard stuff, you know. But you got to make sure your eyes are dotting, your T's are crossed. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, I could produce a show one day and have somebody appear on it. It could get a million downloads, and then they say, "I want to take that show down. I never gave you the rights to put my." name and likeness on mm -hmm. the internet uh, can go uh no you did it's right here in contract so yes. yeah but yeah, teaser yeah. cross all right well is there anything else you want to let our dj sessions fans know before we let you go um um i got more music coming out like i said i'm on tour i put up i'm mostly on instagram <laughs> I'm not a Facebook person and I put up my show dates and everything there. Like I said, the label is open and available. If anyone has any submissions, um, I think that's demos at imhouse.com or you can DM me on Instagram. Um, and yes, for the label and the podcast, I'm always looking for, you know, good house tracks to put up on the podcast as well. Um, I think that's it. Find me at crystal waters at Instagram. Um, I am on Facebook. I am Crystal Waters, and my website is I am Crystal Waters. Uh, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you. We're definitely going to stay in contact with you. Oh, I forgot to ask one question. Have you been approached or have you looked into doing anything with virtual reality? No. You're going you're gonna to put something else on my plate? What? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, no, we just we're opening two virtual reality nightclubs and expanding into the metaverse. And it'd be awesome to to have you come by sometime and check it out. I'd give you a tour or or you know, you, we're gonna use them for a number of different things. It's just I look at if nineteen ninety five was kind of where websites came into play and then set mm -hmm. the way four o'clock ten years later, where social media came into play and then set the clock ten years. 15 years later or almost 20 years later now I see virtual reality being that next branding opportunity of where you could have an NFT art gallery. You could have you going to do live performances. You're going to have, 
We got it all set up and ready to go. We're just, we're just, get, we're just still hanging the artwork on the walls. Literally hanging the artwork in the metaverse wow. on the walls. And um, you can check it out on our website. I'll, I'll tell you about it after the show. But um, yeah, it's going to be really awesome stuff. We see that as another branding opportunity for artists to get their foothold in the metaverse okay. early on and start building a following there. Wow. But we'll talk about that off show because, yeah, okay. I don't want to put too much more on your plate. <laughs> but, Crystal, thank you so much for coming on the DJ sessions today. We really thank appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. All You're right. welcome. Right. <laughs> on that note, don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Meta, in the metaverse at thedjsessions.com. This is Darren coming to you from the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington. That's Crystal Waters coming in from D.C. for the DJ Sessions, presents the virtual sessions. And remember, on the DJ Sessions, the music never stops.